Thank you. Thank you again for your prayers and for all the volunteers. If you're seeing a green shirt that says Yeehaw, please thank them today. They've invested their week to impress their faith in Jesus this week. So thank you again. Right now, I would like to invite my dear friend, Coach Dave. All right. We good? We're good. Gosh, I, I love this empty chair. Put my soccer ball right there. So for those that don't know that we use soccer for ministry around the world, there it is. Well, let's get that good news, bad news over with. The bad news is my wife Susie and I, we live in Salem, Oregon. That's not the bad news. It's beautiful. The bad news is our preacher goes for 45 minutes. The good news for you guys is I came just in time for prayer, and Peter said, make it 20. And then he prayed over it. So there's a good chance we'll get out of here in 30, 35. Even better news. I brought my buddy Mitch. We grew up at Trinity Press in Santa Ana. He came from... Uh, his home today near Henderson. Uh, would you wave, Mitch? Wait, give him a wave. Would you welcome my buddy Mitch? And the good news about that, he's going to time me. So like with 15 minutes in, he's going to kind of give me a subtle. Uh, the bad news is the last time we did this together was about five months ago. I'm a little rusty. He drove from Vegas to Napomo Presbyterian near Santa Barbara. And afterward, he gave me a good solid C minus on what I said. So <laughs> I'm hoping for a C plus today. You know, it's... The body of Christ is about, a lot of it is about friends. And my wife Susie met Gary and Sue Watkins at Trinity Press. And then Gary, of course, became the pastor here and then brought us on in, as missions partners. And the, the congregation has continued to uh, support us and pray for us. And if any of you are watching the Women's World's Cup, the captains come together, they exchange banners right beforehand. And with Gary going on to greener pastures or wherever he's gone off to, I heard Kenya was recent. But we have two new honorary captains for the surge representing you guys. So we need Jericho and Peter to come up. We got to get give you your captain's banners. Come on up real quick. Come on, let's go. There you go. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. What a blast we had at Vacation Bible School. I, I'm, I'm glad to know I'm too old for the bounce house, <laughs> but I guess I was okay at VBS. And, uh, you know, we had a, had a blast at soccer camp. And obviously this is not a traditional service for any of you that are visiting. Don't worry, I won't be back again for another five, six months if it's, not, if it's only a C+. Plus. But, uh, you know, it's a, we're, we're talking soccer here because we use soccer uh, to travel around the world. And even in an esteemed group like this of Bible scholars, I imagine there's at least a few of you don't realize how prominently sports are mentioned in the Bible. I was a junior angel. I went to the ground uh, breaking for uh, Angel Stadium. And it's cool to know that the first sports verse in the Bible is on baseball, Genesis 1-1, in the big inning. <laughs> That was, a good, that was a good enough response, and I'm going to do three more. <laughs> this is a beach city town. There's got to be some tennis bums. I played tennis in, at Loire High School in Anaheim. And uh, so uh, the verse for you tennis bums is, um, and Joseph served in Pharaoh's court. <laughs> and, of course, for you motorcycle enthusiasts, Joshua's triumph was heard throughout the land. <laughs> you guys are all right. I might come back before five months if you let me. <laughs> For those of us that use soccer to minister around the world, and this literally is our passport to anywhere in the world, the Lord is, from when I f finally made a decision to follow Christ, I've been to 43 countries now doing, uh, doing ministry and into some of the most, oh, thank you. <laughs> into some of the most dangerous places in the world even because we can use soccer to share um, 
the love of Christ. But the verse for us soccer guys is, how lovely are the feet of those who bring good news. <laughs> Real quickly, how am I doing on time, Mitch? Okay, so far? Okay, good. Uh, uh, gonna sh sh meet, you're going to have you meet my family. I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony about how I came to Christ, a verse that's really meaningful to us. We're going to take you to two of the countries you work in, because this is VBS Sunday. I'm going to try to do a G-rated version of the people we meet, the places we go, where there is, it's just tra tragedy and heartache. But I'm going to do my best. And then we're going to talk about how together we're, we're writing the future for people around the world, hundreds, thousands, even millions through our ministry, and how we get to do that together uh, to serve Christ. One of my favorite uh, verses, and again, if you're looking for a verse-by-verse -verse kind of pastor thing, that's next week with P Pastor Peter. I'm a, I have a master's in education and a, a soccer coaching license, but I'm not a theologian. <laughs> now to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly be above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. So as I talk about how we're helping to write the future for people around the world, a better future than their past, I'm talking about God, I'm talking about Jesus and us, but I know if I just sit in my chair, it's not gonna happen, right? So as I talk about what we're doing, it's all uh, for, the, for Christ, it's for the Lord, and uh, we use the scripture uh, as our guide everywhere that we go. Meet my family, oh man, do I have a cute wife still. After 35 years, she still likes me mostly, and mostly she's happy when I come home, but after a couple weeks, she's like, don't you have another trip to go on, honey? <laughs> Anyway, my wife Susan and I, we met, we both came to Trinity Press in Santa Ana when we were six years old. And this next, the next part of this, what I'm telling you, is mostly true. I'm trying to tell mostly true stories today. But when, I, when, I, when she was six and came to Trinity, I was 13. Okay, so here's, this is true part of the story. She did not ask me on a date until she was 23. <laughs> I was pretty slow, but she asked me out in August. I woke up. And in September, I asked her to marry me, and then in March, 35 years ago, we were married. So it was pretty quick after I figured out and got over my shyness and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Wonderful son's son, uh, Nathan and Kate, they live in Encinitas, he's in business, and they've given us our two incredible grandchildren right there, Beckham taking care of his little uh, baby sister, Sloan. And if you're a soccer fan, uh, we see my sons. There's Ryan, our single son in there as well. He lives in Santa Monica, he's 31. He's single, he's 31, he's single. Talk to me after. And uh, with Beckham, we're in our Manchester United jerseys. Our daughter Haley's 26. She is a, a nurse in Portland, Oregon. And well, um, she's also single too. So, and so there you go. That went pretty fast, didn't it? <laughs> so um, let's see what we got next. Today we're going to take you to two places that we work. You can see my really great colored dots I drew in, but. We're going to take you to Salzburg, Austria, where we're working with refugees, and I'd like to make a quick political, political disclaimer when I say we're working with refugees, because it conjures up all sorts of things in people's head. The refugees have flooded in to Europe from, terrible, from places where they've lost everything. The ones that are there are the ones we're ministering to. Someone needs to minister to them. And then in Africa and Burundi, in a country that has been beset by multiple civil wars, we're actually using soccer. Uh, for civil war prevention, which is hard to put into a G version, but again, I'm going to do my, my best shot. So as you're, when I leave from here, I hope you have somewhat of a clear picture of how we're serving you guys and how your prayers and where your, your money goes. There's Burundi. And the reason no one ever heard of Burundi, everyone heard of Rwanda, probably all the adults here at some point, you heard of Rwanda and what happened there. Well, Burundi 
about the time they went to their second civil war or genocide is when we bombed the Serbs, so all the attention went to Serbia and none of it went to Burundi. But um, in 2013, a pastor from uh, Burundi came to a little coffee shop in Salem where I hang out with my buddies, and some of them are part of an Africa prayer group. And this is, I wanna sh show how we got there and what we're doing. As I walked in and I saw him, I didn't know him, and I, I said in my head that, um, I know that if I tell him what I do, he's gonna ask me to bring a soccer team uh, to Burundi. And uh, I said, Lord, I, we've had this conversation. Our soccer minister, we used to own a, a minor league soccer team, but we got rid of it so we could move quicker, lighter, faster to countries around the world. We've taken women's teams, we've put together men's teams, we've put together coaches groups. And uh, so I walked in and said, Lord, you know that we've had this conversation, I told you I can't, I can't put a team together to whatever country's going to. We have no money. I told you when we have 50,000 in the bank and I can handpick the team, I, I, I'm all in. So of course he asked, he said, we're about to go back to civil war. The elections are coming. Could you bring a soccer team? And what we do then is we travel all over the countries and we share the love of Christ and, and reconciliation for the different parties. So for a month, I was at war with uh, the Lord over going to Burundi, sought advice, prayed, and in the end, I got on my knees and I said, Lord, we have no team, we have no money. <laughs> I'm committed, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> my wife loves this stuff. <laughs> She's like the brains and the beauty and controls, the, runs the finance. I'm just, you know, going all over the place. <laughs> but how I got there was, um, at, how I got to where I'm doing that is when I was 12 and at Trinity missionaries came I remember the missionary family, and I don't mean any disrespect to them, but they got up front to sing. And their 12-year-old son, or at least he looked like he was my age, he had the most terrified look on his face I've ever seen, even more terrified some of those horror movies I used to watch. And I said in my head, if I fully trust Christ, he'll make me a missionary, he'll make me go to deepest, darkest Africa, and he'll make me get up in front of people and speak. <laughs> Who says God isn't funny? <laughs> Gonna have that conversation someday. So for the next 13 years, I was a comfort zone Christian. I did everything Christian. Went to Trinity, but when my friends went off in high school to do mission trips, no way I was going. <laughs> and then I went off to tiny Azusa Pacific College, still trapped in the comfort zone Christian. I want to be a Christian. I want to hang out with Christians, but I do not and I'm not going to exercise my f faith because I was af afraid of God. And I see many people are trapped that way. They're afraid, they're afraid of God. They're afraid of what it'll do to their lives. So. Right time, right place at Azusa Pacific. I played soccer for the first time on the very first soccer team, fell in love with it. I mean, heck, I was a Pop Warner quarter football. Uh, I was a quarterback for the Anaheim Chargers, and I was a catcher for the Anaheim Yankees. No one played soccer then. But right time, right place, still not fully trusting Christ. And then at 23, I'm the head coach at Azusa Pacific. And then at 25, I'm, quote, unquote, uh, a rising star as a soccer coach. We're winning, we're being successful. And the more we won, the more discouraged with life I got. I, you know, I was chasing that dream, but Christ wasn't at the center. And uh, finally I came to a point and said, this, this sport's killing me, Lord. I'm winning, I'm, I'm miserable, I'm unhappy, I'm depressed. And again, I'll do the short, short version of my state of mind there because uh, of our audience today. But finally I got on my knees and I said exactly what I had said in reverse um, when I was 12 years old. I was on my knees and I, I looked up this is cool about being a Presbyterian. You don't really expect to see God, but this time, no, I'm just kidding. No, actually, I looked up and I really thought I was gonna see God, and I looked up and I remember seeing the ceiling going, it's just the ceiling, but <laughs> I was committed. So 
I said, Lord, I believe, help me to believe. If you can straighten out the mess my life is in, I'll become a missionary. I'll go to deepest, darkest Africa, and I'll get up in front of people and speak. And I was coming out of a background of super insecurity. I had an inferiority complex, and I even had a stutter. And it's amazing, sometimes, even to this day, all those, these years later, sometimes when I get really nervous, I'll, I'll stutter. And the cool thing about that, though, is it's a reminder of where I came from. I go, man, I mean, and you think that, you know, here I am now, I'm going to get up and become a public speaker. So the first time I got up to speak, my zipper was down. I, can I say that? Can I say that? I don't know. <laughs> so I hope I've come a long way since then. <laughs> So I said, Lord, okay, I'm going to Burundi, but I'm going to do a fleece like in the Old Testament. I'm going to say I need at least one soc college soccer coach to help me put the team together. We need one famous celebrity soccer play player to go to Burundi. Well, God's amazing. He gave us two college soccer coaches to help with recruiting. One of them brought a female player, first female, female to ever play on a men's soccer team in Burundi, including against the president's team. It just blew the minds of all the women who, in Burundi, about 5.2% of women even get an education, 9.2% of men. The median population is 17. Half the population is under 17 because of what's hap happened there. But uh, then with the two celebrities, it's even better. He brought us two, and one of them had played for the Brazilian national team, the World Cup team. And then professionally, he played for Chelsea in England, which is the president of Burundi's favorite team. And we didn't even know that, but he brought an autographed jersey from Chelsea. So when we got a chance to play the president's team and dine with him, he got to give it to him. And so we crisscrossed the country playing soccer anytime, anywhere, and sharing how Christ can bring us together. A little bit later, we did a peace tournament in the National Stadium, and the two sides that were coming at each other, again, we'll keep it G version, they signed a peace agreement to play in the Peace Cup. I'm supposed to be in Burundi in two days, but I thought I'd hang with you guys instead. It's a long trip, but we're there, and uh, the drum beats are beating again. But we're having a, a, a peace marathon and bringing all the different parties that are at each other um, and when I was there last time, it wasn't safe to be out at night, and it's, it's kind of volatile. But so this is what we're doing, guys, with God's help. We're going, and we're changing whole countries. <laughs> the, the past has already been written. I'm going to have to skip because I got it off. But the future has not. Together... We can write a new future. I have a past. We all have a past. God took my past and used it for his good. And some, you know, where Paul says, forgetting the past, I'm okay. I get it. And I have forgotten it so that I don't wallow in my past. But I don't mind occasionally a reminder of where I came from, like that little stutter that I get, that little, little tick when I speak, or a reminder of where I was before Christ. And in Burundi, that's what we're doing. There it is, we, our first time there, and Musa, who is the captain of the Kenya national team, is sharing his testimony with the crowd. And you can see us with the orphans, and it's so incredible to get, see those orphans smile and see how we're able to impact the political leaders. Uh, through our work with our German partner, a leather factory's been built. Uh, They've helped uh, 100 ladies that are doing not good things uh, out of that lifestyle and helped them with businesses. So it's not just about soccer, but soccer is the spearhead. This quickly go to Salzburg, Austria. I'll be back in two weeks. I was there five times last year, a couple times already this year. The refugees flooded in looking for a better life. The stories we've heard. Imagine them marching down Main Street in Huntington Beach. That'd be quite a shock. And they flooded through 
Austria, uh, 1.4 million of them into Germany. A lot of them stayed in Austria. The beginning of 2016, there were more refugees that applied for asylum in Austria than the US and Canada combined. My wife and I were in an abandoned candy factory that they made into a refugee camp, playing with the kids, just ministering to the refugees. The same day ISIS was in the camp uh, trying to recruit. And that's the kind of situation even in Europe that we deal with. And I can't go into the stories. I can't go into the stories here, but the stories they tell us of what they fled from and what they've come to because... Okay, thank you. Five minutes. <laughs> I appreciate that, Mitch. Um, their past has already been written. And you know their past? Most of them want to leave behind Islam because what's it done to them? This, what's it done to their families, their lives? And they come to us saying, I don't, I'm not Muslim anymore, or maybe sort of, or I'm atheist. I don't know what to believe. But we, like you, know who Jesus is. But tell us about the real Jesus. And we're seeing them come to Christ to make, make those decisions for Christ. We started the project in Salzburg. I've been working there for many years. Mohammed there, we met at a Starbucks at the train station in Salzburg. Anyone been to Salzburg? Probably someone's been there. Yeah, a few people. Be incredible, beautiful city, one of the most beautiful in the world. And it's only 150,000. So we can walk down the street on any day almost and run into the refugees that we've organized soccer tournaments for, that we've, we've done stuff with, and go have coffee with them and then get into their lives. Mohammed came from Afghanistan. Again, he hasn't even told us his story. He won't tell, at least at this point. But he's one of the leaders of 20,000 Afghan refugees. I had no idea that he was when we met him. And because of that, we've developed a great friendship. I see him every time I go. I'll see him in two weeks when I'm back for our first ever refugee soccer camp for kids and also for another soccer tournament for the men uh, refugees. And you can see, <laughs> hey, when we come to, they aren't all coming to Jesus, but it's symbolic. They're, they're so excited about our friendship with them. And some of them even said, I can't believe an American would come here. You know, we're kind of out of flavor in a lot of the world, Americans. But there's on, when you get below the politics, they're like, I can't believe you would come and spend your time to come visit with me. You'd bring me soccer juices. You'd, you'd hang out with me. You'd hang out with my, with my family. And because we have soccer... Uh, we're able to do that. And then in Austria, which is about 1% evangelical Christian now, now we're starting to reach the Austrians as well. And that is a really, really exciting. Well, we're running short on time. I have a past. We all have a past. My past was running from Christ. And then I came to Christ. It took a long time for me to get over a lot of my issues. Some people, they change instantly. But the only, only way to go is with Christ. And I'm no longer afraid to go anywhere he wants me to go at any time. I don't have a martyr complex. I got two great grandchildren, great wife, three great kids. I'm, I'm not jumping off to, for anything like that. But I'm willing to go now where I was not willing to go. And I encourage you, if you're not a believer and you came today, maybe God just wants you to go to him to start. It doesn't, you don't need to go anywhere. It's, uh, but maybe he does. And I'll just quickly show you the places that we're working so you can know as, as you pray. And there's some exciting uh, dynamic things going on. Again, I'm not going to take time um, to go through all these, but um, I wanted to be a history teacher like my dad when I was four years old till 19 when I started playing soccer. Now I'm going, Lord, he took us to Sudan in the midst of the Civil War to help with the peace process. He took us to Burundi to help with civil war prevention. I'm like, Lord, this is amazing. And we're not, even, we're not a big organization, we're small. There's just a handful of us that believe that we can use soccer 
to reach people for Christ. Our mascot, Sammy Surge, was here this week with the kids. Uh, our, his new children's book, kind of a fun little story. He's just been reunited with his long-lost uh, brother, Ralph, and Ralph's a troublemaker, so you can already get the idea. <laughs> it's secular in nature, but we use it with scripture with churches, and we're going to use it in our English-speaking camp in Salzburg, and then they can go to our website, and Sammy's fourth principle can actually lead to uh, salvation if they read through and click we have the four spiritual laws in about 140 languages and also a uh, copy. Uh, they can go to if they're wondering what the purpose of their life, uh, the purpose-driven life. Not to get political, but I woke up this morning to see that our president had stepped into the DMZ. He'd gone into the demilitarized zone between North and South Korea and actually is the first president to go into North Korea. Well, some friends of mine have asked if I could help use soccer somehow, some way that we could help try to bring reconciliation to North and South Korea using soccer. So, uh, in two weeks on this Sunday, I will be in Salzburg. I'm also supposed to be at a meeting with the ministers of education in South Korea. I haven't figured that one out, so <laughs> my plane ticket's to Salzburg right now. But Lord willing, and we need your prayers, because I have no idea how to do a lot of these things that we do. We don't have a, a box or, or, or a magic formula uh, for that. So, I quickly, I, I think we've come about to the end, and uh, I'm just grateful to get a chance to get in front of you so you can see me, not because I need to be seen, but <laughs> you know, I'm wearing my Burundi uh, soccer jersey, um, but we need prayers, we need financial support so that we can go and be the spearhead, the, the start of a movement, maybe in South and North Korea, new project in Uganda starting uh, in August. Uh, an academy, soccer academy for orphans and a medical clinic. We're ready to go. And uh, we've had people from the church go with us before as well. So our past has already been written. Our future is not. Let's stay with Christ. Let's write our, a, a bright future for ourselves by following Jesus and help others to have, find that uh, bright future as well. Whew. That was, thank you. We're going to pray for Dave. Gracious God, thank you for this brother of ours who is really out on the front lines of ministry. God, thank you for his testimony of hope that you, um, you equip ordinary people for extraordinary work. You take people who struggle with stuttering, people who uh, are afraid of speaking in public, people who would never imagine uh, offering their life and skills to you, that you use people like that, people like Dave, people like us, to do the extraordinary work of reconciliation, the extraordinary work of the gospel. And so we thank you for Dave, for his life. We pray that you would protect he and his family as he ministers uh, alongside his family often and across the globe. God, would you continue the work that you have begun until you bring it to completion, that work of reconciliation and restoration. Do it, God, because only you can do it. Thank you for the privilege of Dave being able to partner with you. We ask this in Jesus' name. And God, God's people said, amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.